The first time I officially met Sarah was when we were placed on a panel together at Millersville University to talk about B Corporations. Work Wisdom happens to be a B Corp, and Sarah helps companies become a B Corp. What is a B Corporation, you might ask? Patagonia, the clothing company, for example, is a B Corp. This is actually from their website. To qualify as a B Corp, a firm must have an explicit social or environmental mission and a legally binding fiduciary responsibility to take into account the interests of workers, the community, and the environment, as well as its shareholders. So that might sound like a lot. Um, It goes on and on after that. But after you hear Sarah talk, you want to sign up immediately. Today, we're going to learn more about Sarah Payne's mission to get more companies to be socially and environmentally responsible and become a B Corp just like Patagonia. Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Today on the podcast, our guest is Sarah Payne, uh, Impact Consulting Manager at Assets. Did I get that right? <laughs> okay. Um, which is Assets is a local nonprofit here in Lancaster. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's so great. So one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on was after, so you and Heather Kreider, who she owns... Um, makes sense uh you two presented co-presented at our women's business accelerator which is through assets as well and it's where uh women business owners get together and basically help each other out um but anyway you two had everyone so pumped up about b corps after that talk (laughs) and so i i was excited to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit more about it um but the first question is why is this work so important to you why are you so passionate about it. Yeah, I I really am extremely passionate about this work. Um, And I really think it comes down to when you look at the world today and when you think about the future that we want to have, a future that's more sustainable, more peaceful, more prosperous, more equitable, I truly believe that business has a role to play in that. And I think it requires us to reimagine what business can be and what business can do in order to create that kind of a world where we can all prosper and thrive. And so that's why it's so important to me, um, part of my mission to, to help companies to adopt these mindsets and to learn more about how they can become more socially and environmentally responsible in a way that's not only good for the world and for society, but actually also good for the businesses themselves. So I'm just super passionate about this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite obvious. Um, but I'm curious how you got involved uh, working to help companies um here in Lancaster how did that start like how did you start at assets what what prompted that absolutely and I'll try to keep it the story short (laughs) um Basically, I was starting an MBA program in economic development, and I went into this program because I was really interested in economic development. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you help communities develop? How do you, um, you know, support prosperity for everyone? And I decided to do an MBA program because I figured that was a great value add. (laughs) And if I have an MBA, I'll probably be more employable after my graduate program. And so the first semester, I was in a class about social entrepreneurship, and heading into it again basically I was pretty skeptical of the role of business in creating prosperity Mm -hmm. that was shared for everyone I sort of when I thought about the role of business and its impact 
I thought more about the negative stuff of how do we make sure business doesn't exploit or, you know, the history of business being predatory. Um, so I was really surprised and taken by this concept of not only social entrepreneurship, which is basically when um, leaders go into business in order to address a specific need through their business. Um, So not only social entrepreneurship, but B Corps were introduced to me in that class. And I think once I learned about B Corps and the fact that, as you mentioned, they do have a fiduciary duty, not only to create value for their shareholders, Mm -hmm. which is the traditional idea of a corporation, Mm -hmm. but they have a responsibility to care for all of the stakeholders that impact and are impacted by their business. And that's a legal commitment. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of really putting the teeth on this idea that business can good do good. So it's not just a fluffy concept anymore, a a do-goodery kind of like marketing thing. It's like, no, there are actually companies in the world who exist to create the problems that we, Mm -hmm. to to create solutions to the problems that we see all around us. And I think that was so inspiring to me. Um, And so... I, after that MBA program, I got connected to Assets. Um, actually, my colleague, Craig Dallin over at Assets, was mm-hmm. a professor of mine in undergrad. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so we reconnected, and he told me about what he was doing at Assets and using business as a force for good in a local community, and I was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I did my uh, capstone practicum for my MBA at Assets and was fortunate enough to be hired on afterwards. And that really kicked off my work of... Um, doing this with local companies, helping them to become B Corps, learning about these concepts. Um, and so I'm really excited that it all worked out that way. Really grateful. Yeah, that's so fascinating that it happened that way. So I, I, I'm I, curious why you think, I mean, it is exciting. So maybe that's not surprising why it's become a movement. But mm. why is there something maybe more specific? Why is this becoming such a movement? And am I wrong this is a two-parter question mm-hmm. that it seems like it's a movement in Lancaster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, B corporations were created about a decade ago mm-hmm. by a nonprofit called B Lab. Mm-hmm. And so it's been around for a little while. And I think some of the early adopters were the ones that, um, you know, the social enterprises, the ones who were already very kind of sold on mm-hmm. this idea of you can do well in business and also do good for the world. And I think what we've seen as the B Corp movement has grown is that it's grown to encompass more people. And it's tapping into this innate desire that I believe we all have mm-hmm. to be of service to others and to the world and to fulfill that in whatever role we find ourselves in, including positions in business. So I think that that's a big part of it, is that it does kind of tap into those innate desires and people want to be part of a movement like this. When you talk about using business as a force for good, I think that inspires a lot of people Mm -hmm. and they can sort of see themselves and their own desires for the world they want to create in that. And I also think that it's growing as a movement because people have seen other companies talk about doing good things and then later find out that they weren't doing very good things. <laughs> and that's a concept called good washing or greenwashing. Yeah, okay. So making the company look more environmentally sustainable or socially responsible than it really is. Mm-hmm. So for example, a petroleum company that one could argue is extracting resources from right. the earth and oil spills, this kind of stuff. But they talk about how they plant trees uh, mm-hmm. during a certain part of the year and they have green colors on their branding. So <laughs> kind of this making it look better than it is that it actually is. And I think as more companies have been found guilty of doing that, mm-hmm. consumers tend to get really discouraged mm-hmm. um, and they don't know where 
to turn to, you know, buy from companies that they really can believe in. And I think business leaders, too, they, they see that that has happened. And so if you're someone that actually is going into business and you are solving the world's problems, <laughs> you want a way to kind of differentiate yourself from those yeah. pretenders, the yeah. ones that are just greenwashing or goodwashing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what that's one of the really great things about the B Corp movement is that you go through this rigorous certification process and an independent third party certifies Mm -hmm. that you have an overall positive impact on society, Mm -hmm. which I think is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And for the consumer, when you see that B Corp logo on a product Mm -hmm. or on a company's website, it's kind of a signal that I can trust this company. This is a company that does good work. And I think that's just so exciting to everyone from (laughs) consumers to employees of companies to Mm -hmm. the business leaders themselves to investors. So I think that's part of why it's really kind of grown as more people have seen themselves mm-hmm. um, in this movement. And I think here in Lancaster, it's it's really interesting to me. I'm a newcomer to Lancaster, mm-hmm. um, and it's certainly a community where people are very conscious of, of one another and deliberately creating a community where people can thrive. It's a community where people give back a lot already, mm-hmm. and ex- the extra give is a great example of that. And so I think there's some of these um, these things already in place. And I think once we start talking about B Corps and we're speaking to business leaders about giving back in maybe ways they haven't thought of, mm-hmm. it resonates. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so I think that Lancaster is, is kind of unique in that. Um, yeah. And we've... We've worked for a few years now talking about B Corps, having <laughs> meetings with businesses, explaining to them why they, they might want to be part of this. And um, we're up to 20 B Corps in Lancaster. Holy which is cow. Really oh my gosh. Exciting. Okay. I was yeah. going to ask you how many? 20. Yeah, we're at oh 20. My word. Okay. So I think when I had originally started at Assets two years ago, we were at four. So that's yeah. been really exciting to see that growth. And it's actually over 25% of the B Corps in Pennsylvania or wow. here in Lancaster. Oh my goodness. And you, yeah. Okay. Right? And you consider that we have cities like Philly, like Pittsburgh, yeah. where there are a lot of businesses doing these things. And we have a huge representation in our yeah. state's B Corp community. Um, you know, we have more B Corps in the state of Ohio. So anyway, I think it's really exciting. And it just shows that I think people really do resonate with this. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the meaning, having meaning in your work is, is such a big part. Um, so one thing, you know, you've talked about before that struck me uh, and I think you talked about this at the Women's Business Accelerator, um, was how we define success in business. And so tell me a little bit, you know, let the listeners know, how are people rethinking and, and redefining this traditional definition, in your opinion? Sure. So I think the traditional definition of success in business really focuses on uh, financial measures sure. like profit. <laughs> yeah. So people think, oh, that business is successful because their revenue was this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look at some of those financial measures, share price, how they're doing in the stock market, things like that. And I think that's been around that kind of mindset for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue since the, the birth of corporations back mm-hmm. in the 19th century. Um, but I think what's happening is that people are seeing that businesses can't exist only to create money. Mm-hmm. When businesses do that, they, they actually do exploit and mm-hmm. they, they can be predatory because they're trying to squeeze dollars mm-hmm. out, of, out of people, out of the natural environment, when their mandate is to create financial value, which yeah. it is for corporations, then they're going to do whatever they can to right. create that value at the expense of whoever else right. that they're not measuring and prioritizing. And so I think what we're seeing is people are looking at more than just the financial bottom line. Mm -hmm. 
So this gave rise to a concept called the triple bottom line, mm -hmm. where it's actually not only financial profit, but also social good and environmental good, mm -hmm. that idea of that triple bottom line. And I think it's actually gone farther than that in recent years, where people are now expecting that businesses do no harm and they mm -hmm. create positive benefits. Um, and if you don't, that's not considered a successful business yeah. for a lot of people. We're seeing across the board that people are watching, people are demanding better from business. People want to buy from, work for, and invest in companies they yeah. believe in. Yeah. And there's so much data to support this. And so I think that, again, across the board, we're expecting more of business and we've redefined what we mean by success. We don't just mean that they're doing well on Wall Street. We yeah. mean that their employees are happy. Yeah. We mean that they're not polluting. Um, so I think that that definition has really expanded. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of businesses that are living into that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of education to be done still mm -hmm. to let businesses know that these are the expectations of society now. Mm -hmm. And you do have to grow and adapt in order to stay successful according to the sort of new, more holistic definition of what does success yeah. actually look like. Yeah. I, I, what I'm curious is, is this, you know, you had this class in your MBA program. Is mm -hmm. that across the board? Like, I, I feel like it needs to start at a really, you know, beginning level. Like, this, is, this is the expectation. Um, that's that's really fascinating. So besides the benefit of doing the right thing, which is, that's a benefit, <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. um, by being socially and environmental, environmentally responsible, um, you know, why would a company want to become a, a B Corp? You know, uh, we were talking about Heather before. Her company was already doing all these really environmentally conscious things. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was visiting um, their location, uh, she had me eat one of the um, packing peanuts because <laughs> it's made, at, and it's made yep. out of cornstarch instead of styrofoam. It kind of tasted like a cheese like a puff cheese thing. <laughs> it was funny. Um, but so they, they've been doing things um, like that for a while. But what are the other benefits for companies, um, you know, not just outside of themselves, but mm -hmm. why, why do they do it? Absolutely. I think there are a lot of reasons. One is something I've already mentioned a bit of it's a great way to set yourself apart from yeah, okay. your peers. Um, having, again, this certification that testifies to your positive impact, I think is really powerful. Again, as more people are looking for that, it's an easy way to set yourself apart as a mm -hmm. leader and establish thought leadership and, and a really great reputation. Um, I also think that Again, as you look across the board at what people are demanding, I mentioned there are a lot of statistics. Um, a couple are that consumers, among U.S. consumers, 66% are willing to pay more for a socially or environmentally mm -hmm. responsible product or service. And so, again, that very much aligns with the whole B Corp ethos mm -hmm. and is really powerful that a majority of U.S. consumers would pay more money. Yeah if they know something is good for the world. Yeah. And among US workers, 56% would choose to work for a socially responsible company, even if their salary would be less oh than gosh. another company's. Okay. So majority of employees <laughs> wanting this, actually yeah. willing to take a pay cut to yeah. work for companies with this, as you said, people want to find meaning at mm -hmm. work. And I think 
B Corp is something that can really engage and excite employees. Mm -hmm. This was something that Heather had talked about as well, Mm -hmm. as Make Sense was going through this process of, um, you know, talking about B Corps, letting their employees know this is something that we want to do. We're aspiring to be one Mm -hmm. of these, you know, sort of best companies achieving this gold standard of responsibility. And the employees got excited. Um, Things like they started measuring their environmental waste in different ways and they would, you know, weigh what they were recycling versus what they were (laughs) (laughs) contributing to the landfill. And they got excited, like, hey, our numbers are this and this for today. And um, so I think it's a great way to engage employees, Mm -hmm. especially because in, you know, today's market, um, people are trying more than ever to hold on to the employees that they have to retain them. Um, It's very costly to replace employees and we're in a a tight labor market as well and so I think a lot of people are asking how do I excite and engage my employees and this is one really great way to do that it provides a framework for doing that Um, and I also think that as we look towards the future again B Corp certification is a great way to build actually long-term value in your business Because when we look at the the horizon and and what's coming again, as these as these expectations across the board from people are building, you want to set yourself up to not only be in business a year from now, two years from now, but thirty years from now. Right. You know, I don't know many business owners that are like, nah, I don't care what happens to my business in twenty years. Like, right. I can do whatever. Like, no, like you want to make sure that you're around and that your impact lasts. Yeah. And I think this is a great way to actually build resilience. Um, And then a couple other things I'll mention, the connections that you can make with other companies in this space, other B Corps, folks that are committed to creating impact through their business, those connections are really powerful. Mm. We have, you know, multiple stories of people connected at assets who have said that, you know, we were able to get into rooms and talk to people that Mm. we wouldn't have been able to without this common B Corp certification, that you're actually able to talk to other peers in your space that have this commonality and they're more willing to work with you because again, that certification is almost a shortcut to knowing like, okay, we're of the same ilk, you know? And that's been really powerful, both personal connections to feel inspired in your work and to learn more about what others are doing, um, but also professionally and for your business, I think is really powerful. B-Lab hosts every year what's called the B Corp uh, Champions Retreat. Yeah. So it's where B Corps, people in this, they call it the B economy. So Mm -hmm. everyone involved in this work and supporting this work get together in person once a year. And it's a hugely inspiring event. But again, we've had multiple stories of folks who have attended that event and gotten into contact with other B Corps or other people. And it was either personally edifying or it led to a business opportunity. So again, you're in this community where your peers are probably also folks that are interested in what you do, not Mm. only out of personal curiosity, but maybe, you know, they are a a service company and they do look for environmentally responsible, you know, office supplies. And you're a B Corp that does environmentally sustainable (laughs) office supplies. That's a great way to get connected and and to build, um, you know, your markets. And then I think the last thing is just um, PR. Um, I think both locally, nationally, globally, there continues to be so much excitement around when a company attains this certification. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it here locally. We do our very best to make sure the community knows yeah. about you know new B Corps. Um, I mean, globally and nationally, they're covered in news all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing that it's it's more and more recognized, more noticeable. And so yeah. if you can plug into that, um, great PR for, for your business. So I could probably go on, <laughs> but I think there are a lot of, biz- of benefits, both business-wise you know, and personally, to feel like, okay, 
I want to align my own personal values with how I do mm-hmm. business. And actually, I think that's really powerful too, because we're not people that we just shut off our own personal values. We right. step in the office doors yeah. and adopt its other mindset. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. We yeah. carry our own personal values and desires into work with us. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't always know how to translate those personal values yeah. into concrete business actions. Mm. And maybe I'm digressing, but I can provide a quick example here. <laughs> yeah, um, There's a local company um, started by a guy who went into business again to to have a good impact on society. And he wanted to treat his employees like family. Um, and they have a very close kind of employee base. And he really wanted to take care of them. You know, when they're your employees, you feel that responsibility. And as he was going through the B impact assessment, which is basically a questionnaire that you have to fill out, um, it's pretty lengthy in order to become a B Corp and you mm-hmm. have to earn a minimum score, all this stuff. So he was going through this questionnaire and it was asking him questions about what do you pay your employees? Yeah. <laughs> and specifically, it asked, do you pay your employees a living wage, mm. which is this concept of uh, what do people actually need to be paid to mm. get by and to, to have a, you know, a full life. Mm-hmm. And so MIT has created this living wage calculator that you can you know, look up for different geographies. What does it cost in your local area okay. to live? And often it's above the minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. And so he had this question of how much do you pay your employees and how many are paid a living wage? And for him, he actually wasn't paying his employees a living wage Mm -hmm. and it made him pause and say okay if my values are to treat my employees like family and look out for them and do my best by them maybe this is something I have to Mm. consider even though he had to look at his finances he had to rework things to make that possible Mm -hmm. that's not a small thing you know to raise wages like that for all of your employees but he did it and I think he felt good about it Mm -hmm. because again he his personal values weren't matching up with his his the wages that he was paying. And, yeah. and so I think that's really important too, that often people aren't sure how to translate those values. And this is a tool and this is a certification that helps you to do that. Um, and then again, on top of that, all the business benefits that I've already described. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that sounds like Mike. I, I feel like it he, is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking cause uh, the three of us presented together and I remember him talking yep. about that. Yeah. And I, I think, what strikes me too is that it it hurt a little like he mm. but he was like this mm. is important like the value what was important to him and valuable to him outweighed like Absolutely. the ease of of payment you know so right. i think that's a good thing for maybe some companies to think yeah. about that are still growing definitely um so we we focus on behavior and you know this is so concrete for businesses to to make a difference um, you know, you just mentioned this one about, about salary, but, or, or hourly wage, but can you give me some other really concrete behaviors that you recommend for businesses to do? Maybe even if they can't become a B Corp right now, that they could adopt to be more B Corp like? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, there's a lot. And I okay. think it's a great question because it may not make sense for every company to pursue B Corp certification. And I do think that you can start adopting these behaviors and act like a B Corp. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that has been a huge trend. Oh, um, okay. In Fortune, 
Magazine, actually, they named five business trends to master. This was back in 2016. And mm-hmm. one of them was be like a B Corp. Oh, wow. <laughs> kind of acknowledging that these businesses are doing really well and they're yeah. a standard in a lot of ways. And, mm-hmm. and you would do well to sort of emulate them mm-hmm. and what they're doing and their success. So, so there are a lot of things. Um, one that I think about is for companies to look at their supply chains. Okay. And a lot of smaller companies or service companies, they hear that and they say, well, I don't really have a big supply chain that doesn't really make sense for me and um you know i would say any vendor that you have whenever you buy anything that's a supplier Mm -hmm. and i think we can be intentional when we choose who we buy from Mm -hmm. in our businesses one thing that we talk a lot about at assets as an organization that's committed to creating equity in the business community especially for women and people of color is if you look at your supply chain Look at how many women-owned businesses are you buying from? How many people of color-owned businesses are you buying from? Because those dollars supporting those businesses really do go a long way. We know that those demographics are underrepresented in the business community. And so that's one really powerful way that with a little bit of intentionality, just looking at, you know, who's out there for this particular product that I'm trying to buy, what different businesses offer it. And, you know, if there's a choice to buy from someone that is maybe diversely owned or is a B Corp themselves, shift your dollars there, Mm -hmm. you know, um, let your your dollars kind of like show you're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think supply chain is one. Um, another is when we think about employees, not just wages, but I think another thing that we can do to be like B Corps is to get creative with the benefits that we provide. So obviously things like providing health care is great. Often mm-hmm. that's out of reach for a lot of small businesses. But there are other ways that you can think about how do I how do I create benefits for my employees that they'll really love mm-hmm. and that will mean something to them. Yeah. So whether that's paid volunteer time off. So actually giving your employees time during the workday or work Mm. week to go and volunteer Mm. would be one thing. Um, I know I've worked for an employer that gave free Spotify, (laughs) which was a great benefit, even though it was only (laughs) worth about $10 a month. Oh, cool. Like they get me like (laughs) now I get free Spotify. Um, That's one. Um, Wellness classes would be another. So you could provide um, subsidized or free gym memberships. All those little things are things that both help your employees mm. to live more you know full lives and and I think to integrate um, work and life a bit better and also it helps to engage and retain those employees those yeah. are things that if your business is doing something unique they may be less willing to leave you if they know they're getting really cool stuff where yeah. they work now and so I think that's another one of getting creative with your benefits um, some more I think forming a team of employees to start looking at the impact of the business. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not ready to commit to a a rigorous certification process, if you're interested in growing your social and environmental impact, put together what we might call a green team. So a group of employees that they may have these personal values um, around, you know, I want to create positive impact. Mm -hmm. We'll let them take the reins on some things around the office. You know, one could be looking at your environmental impact. So there are a lot of things here that a business could do um, to live B Corp values without becoming a B Corp. A lot of low-hanging fruit environmentally. So that that could be recycling. It could be the products that you use around your office for cleaning or office Mm -hmm. supplies. A lot of those things can be toxic or they use things that are not great for the environment. Plastics is a huge one Right. right now. 
So looking at those things and saying, where can we substitute more environmentally preferred products with the ones that we're already using? Or maybe instead of using the plastic cups in our office, we can actually just buy glasses and and wash them so we're not creating (laughs) all this waste. Um, Or you can look at energy efficiency. And this is a a great example of things that are both good for the environment and good for the business. For example, if you were to do an energy audit and say, okay, where can we minimize our environmental environmental impact it could be led lighting which ultimately costs you less money it could be you know even putting signs up near the sink of like you know don't use more water than you have to (laughs) you know these kind of things there are a lot of little things that we can do especially environmentally to make little differences um, which i think are important they really do build up and they have an impact And so, you know, B Corp certification is very overwhelming. <laughs> so yeah. it would be going like zero waste or <laughs> there are a lot of great goals out there around mm-hmm. being more environmentally sustainable. And I think sometimes what happens is those feel so overwhelming and daunting to people yeah. that it's like, well, I don't even know where to start. So I'm not going to do anything <laughs> like I'm too busy running my business. But I think that there are a lot of small things that you can implement yeah. that really do have a difference, especially if you get a whole community doing those things, um, which we're trying to do here. Um, I also think another thing B Corps do really well is they measure their impact, Mm -hmm. they understand their impact, and they talk about their impact. I can't tell you how many companies I've sat down with locally. Um, You know, we've said that Lancaster is a community where people do give back a lot. They donate their money and time. And when I ask them, you know, do you capture how many hours you volunteered, for example, they're like, oh no we don't do that but that's a great idea I should do that like I should talk about that and you should because I think those are things that the community wants to hear potential customers want to hear Mm -hmm. you know if they see on your website that our team is committed to donating this much time or this much money to local causes that means something and I think it's ultimately good for your business if you're able to do that so some of those little mindset (laughs) shifts of if you're already doing things that are are great for the community and exceptional in Mm -hmm. your space Talk about them. Communicate your (laughs) values. I can't tell you how many companies here could be doing even more of that because there are such great companies here locally. Um, And I think they could potentially get the word out a bit more. I don't know if it's Lancaster humility or, or uh, what, but yeah, I think, it probably yeah, is a little bit. <laughs> but I think that that's, that's a really important one too, of considering your impact, yeah. making it a priority and then talking about it when you okay. do, because you should be rewarded for taking those extra steps, you know? So Also, if you're interested in starting the journey of measuring your impact, you can visit our website, measurewhatmatters.assetspa.org, and you can start the B Impact Assessment there. Again, it's measurewhatmatters.assetspa.org. Yeah, so those are just a few examples. That's great. That's that's really helpful to hear about. Um, so Sarah, I'm I'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace be the change. You like how mm-hmm. I did that? I love it. <laughs> Uh, thank you listeners for downloading the behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com. You can enjoy work wisdom press and productions, ask questions, give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a one minute wisdom by Anthony DeMello. Everyone was surprised by the teacher's updated metaphor. Life is like a motor car. They waited in silence, knowing that an explanation would not be long in coming. Oh, yes, she said, a motor car can be used to travel to the heights. Another silence. But most people lie in front of it, 
allow it to run over them, then blame it for the accident. Mm-hmm.